Welcome to episode two of From the Jing Weeds. On today's job board, solid tining and top dressing the greens at Desert Canyon Golf Club, plus the critters and wildlife we encounter. We tickle our sports fix with the Last Dance Bulls documentary and the possibility of Gronk to Tampa Bay. Field questions from our listeners. But first, hold on to your shorts for a little story from Dan. Everybody, whatever time of day it is that you're listening, welcome to another episode of From the Jingweeds. This is Matt, along with my partner Dan. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there, man. Fired up to get back. Episode two. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, episode two. Rolling along. Never thought we'd even make it to one, and here we are at number two. Uh, just going to give you a little quick update. What's going on at the golf courses? Dan, you got anything going on here this week at the golf course that you want to talk about? Not a lot going going on at the golf course. Pretty much the same as last week's status quo. Are looking at 100 degree temps coming up. So looking at maybe losing some ryegrass or just hammering the water next couple days just to try to keep it alive. But uh, I mean, it's pretty much status quo. I do got a little bit of a story for you. Nice. Today. Why don't we go? If we're, if why don't we just the, bounce right into that off the bat before I the let everybody tree. know? Before <laughs> I let everybody know what's going on in my course, let's I mean, if hear we're in the circle Danny's of trust, got. I'll tell you. Promise not to tell anyone. I uh, shit my pants at work today. <laughs> that is the best goddamn news I've heard. So I was just, it was like 10 minutes before lunch, maybe. And I just sit down. I mean, there. It, in my defense, there was no reason to think that this was going to happen. A grown ass man shit his pants. <laughs> no, yeah, there that, is no reason. It wasn't to a full on turd. It was like a stamp of the underwear, dude. Like I just sat down. I thought obviously it was not going to be poop when I attempted to fart, and it, it maybe got a little warm in the old shorts. So I mean, it's full panic at this point. It's stand oh my up. God, this is the best story ever. <laughs> Beeline to the bathroom. I mean, like Cody, my assistant's right there with the, with an irrigator. They're making, they're on the irrigation computers talking. I'm rattling around in the bathroom. I drop my radio, which is like an explosion. <laughs> I've got the toilet paper rolls. I've got, I mean, it was just an absolute. It, it happens, man. It's yeah. not the first time. It's not going to be the last. <laughs> it's definitely probably not going to be the last. No. Oh my goodness, what a way to start the show. <laughs> I mean, I can't have a couple. Shitting show. <laughs> I got a couple. We want to, I don't nice. know how long we got to go around. Nice. So back to the golf course. Uh, play still up or are you guys uh, seeing any signs of it going down at all? No, we got, we're got we cranking on all cylinders. It's it's slammed and it, it sounds like around the valley. Yeah. yeah Everybody's is- full. Same thing. Uh, this weekend we had over 200 uh, Friday, Saturday. And Sunday, I believe, we had up in the 150 area, which is kind of common every day um, out there. So uh, we did have uh, Alice Cooper out last week. Yep. And uh, word is he really enjoyed the show. And uh, he's supposed to be coming, not the show, the golf course is what I mean. Uh, he's supposed to be coming back sometime. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully he enjoys it more and maybe he can talk about it a little bit sometime. Oh, for but sure. uh, anyways, what's going on at Desert Canyon? Uh, this week I did the uh, solid tines, uh, did some top dressing, solid tine, roll, brush, 
uh, just to let you guys know, you know, that you're wondering why we do that. Um, what we're doing is trying to relieve some compaction um, from the golfers. Uh, putting out some sand on top of that helps smooth out the greens. But most importantly, we're banging some needle tine, their pencil tines, um, that just make a hole, no plug being pulled. And what that does is it kind of gives the roots some air, helps with infiltration of the water. Um, it also, at this time of year, it's going to help weaken that overseed poetriv po that we put out on the greens and kind of give some space, let some heat in there for the Bermuda grass to keep on kicking. Uh, about this time of year, when it does warm up the way it is, our soils kind of come, they become uh, hydrophobic where they don't want any water. Um, I have old push-up greens at my golf course, so that means they're not sand-based, which is a typical green um, structure. But uh, my course is so old that it's just old sand that they found down by the river back in 1971 when the place was built. And it's uh, got a lot of river rock in, in the greens. We cut cups. And I bet we still once a month will hit a, a rock about the size of my fist that we got to pull out of the cup or out of the hole where we were cutting the cup. We just pack sand back in there. And I don't know, hopefully one day we stop that process. But um, that's what we got going on the golf course. Like you said, the temperatures are going to be heating up. I think I saw possibly 106 degrees next Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, that's coming fast. Right now it's 80 degrees, beautiful and breezy. And it's going to be in five days, six days, 106. How much marina grass you got out there right now? Uh, I've got a ton. I've got yeah. a ton. And, um... Not sure what I'm going to do as far as this heat might. I'm looking forward to it for that aspect to kind of burn this ryegrass out. But, you know, playing with that water, are we going to overwater and try to really push the Bermuda grass, which will also kind of hold on to that ryegrass a little bit longer than we want? Or um, I try to do the, you know, heavy watering um, one night. And then I back it off another night right now and kind of let it dry out for a day. And then I really pound it again. Cause, so I'm kind of in that heavy one day, light the next right now. Uh, probably move that into really heavy one night, meaning up into the 80, 90% I water off of ET. And ET is evapotrans... What is it? Evapo... Evapotrans... <laughs> yes. Shot. Evapo trans peration. That's yes. a fucking tongue Straight twister. From a super <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, it's one that can't talk. That's what part of the problem is. <laughs> and so, anyways, ET is the evapotranspiration rate. And uh, so that's how the, the grass blade is sweating. So right. it's going to tell us. Much like we sweat. Yeah, much like sweat. we sweat. So we're replacing that water. So with my weather station, it's going to tell me what I should be watering. So I water about typically about 70 to 80% of the ET. I'll get that thing up there in the 90s one night and really water it heavy. Um, really kick that Bermuda in or give that Bermuda grass a lot of water. Really soak those soils. So I'm not chasing, trying to catch up with water down the road as we get hotter and hotter. Um, 
So anyways, and then I'll, the, the other night, or when I really back it off, I'll get it down to like 40%. And you can definitely tell the difference the next day that you come in. You're like, all right, I should be spot watering some areas. But I kind of, I do the best I can to hold off on that. As much as I really want to go around there with the radio and start turning on sprinkler heads in the morning before golfers, it's really hard to not let it go. You know, you just, you'd really want to watch it burn out, but... Is the ego inside of you that you really want these paying customers to play on the best product you can. Especially in this weird year we got where people are sticking around. I mean, typically, I get into mid-May, I go from 250 to 300 rounds a day to 40. Right. I can shut down 18 holes and we're not even, it's not even a thing. Right. We're looking at how are we going to manage this shutting down 18 holes if we still have 200 members that want to play 200 200 rounds a day. Right. And you, like we've talked before, you have... Two golf courses that you got to take care of. So that's how you can get up into the 300 rounds a day is that's between the two golf courses where I'm at 150 and that's a solid day right now. Mm-hmm. But we're doing really well. Um, the sign of the heat is also for you guys out there looking for the deals. You're going to start seeing prices on golf dropping too. So keep your eyes out on that if you don't like paying the high prices that are in the demand of the Phoenix, Arizona area. Uh, they should start dropping about May 1st is when we drop again. Um, and then June 1st, it's the summer rate of $35 all summer long. And uh, we really don't change from that because, I don't know, we don't like whoring out the golf course. As we right. say, you know, there's some places out here in Arizona where you can go and it's almost as if they're paying you to go out on their golf course. It'll be $20, and then you get a voucher for six beers and a hot dog. I mean, who can oh, beat man. that? If you can brave the heat, you can find some smoking deals. Oh. I, I've seen clubs that you get a free wedge with your round, you get lunch, you get wine and dine. Yeah, sleeve so of balls is a big one, too. Yeah, if you you're get... willing to brave the heat, you can get some smoking deals. Or um, you can just call the superintendent. And just... Yeah, or you just yeah, <laughs> or you just become friends with one of us, and then you just hope and pray. Yeah, it's a, it is amazing how many people like you know you go out to the bars or whatever, and you'll be sitting there, you know, trying to enjoy, and the guy next to you just kind of sparks up a conversation, and the next thing we're talking about whatever game's on, and then he leans over and says, "So what do you do for a living?" And I say, "I'm an agronomist," and they look at me like I'm putting shit on mars or something and it's I like say, wow I'm a golf course superintendent oh you're good at golf yeah like, well, uh, yeah <laughs> no nope. well i throw out the i try to deter a little bit and uh, i'm an agronomist and they you hope well what's that and i'm like uh grow grass on a golf course oh you must play a ton of golf i play golf yeah, yeah. where is which, which one do you work at yeah oh sweet we ought to play sometime Play some, excuse me, sir. <laughs> what was your name again? We haven't made it quite that far yet. Oh, yeah. I already texted you at the tea time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's me actually foursome. So maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, there are some smoking deals out there. So get ready for those. But uh, make sure you bring plenty of water um, out on the golf course. Because a lot of places like mine, we've pulled out the water jug. And, uh, you know, we've kind of pulled out that water jug and, uh, I don't know, you use water jugs as well at your place. I know some golf courses, they'll put two bottles of water into the coolers, you know, and then it's, you're on your own from there. But I still advise, make sure you bring your own, uh, you know, cup or whatever. I have one of the Yeti cups. It's been five years since I've been on a golf course without that thing with me, whether it's a hundred degrees out or 50 degrees out. 
you definitely want to make sure you have enough water. Um, that um, I think uh, we can kind of go into something here. We did have a question yep, from a, a listener that um, wanted to propose something. So, Dan, why don't you read that thing off? So we got a listener question from Bobby here in Carroll, Iowa. Not here. In Iowa. We're in Arizona. Uh, his question is, what do we use to fill the water coolers? More so, do we use a hose out of the back of the shop? <laughs> yeah. So I can say that every property that I've been to, we that we used water coolers, which is two, we always sanitized them every single morning or a night. The kitchen staff would sanitize them. Then we would fill them with ice and water fresh from the kitchen, perfectly sanitized and take them out every night. And it's really important that that they have to be cleaned every day because a while back and you were probably here can probably speak to yep. it. You know, somebody died from water that was in a nasty cooler. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the story and I'm, I'm not going to get too much in this cause I don't want to screw it up, but it was a young gentleman down in uh, South Phoenix that, um, I believe he had, he had had something wrong with him, like with his immune system already. So he already had a weakened immune system, but they did find a bacteria in the water um, whether it was put there by someone, because um, we do lock up our water jugs so yep. nothing can Must happen do. to them on my golf course. But, you know, they're cheap little locks. And, I mean, you could really, if I wanted in on them, I could get in on them if right. I needed to. So not sure if anybody put anything in it, but, you know, the person had ended up passing away from it, which caused a huge lawsuit. Um, so we... Definitely take our time to make sure that they're okay because it's. I say all the time it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yep. Um, I would love to see two bottles of water. Uh, it's fairly inexpensive and it doesn't waste that an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes for one of my guys to take the water coolers, fill them with ice, fill them with water, get out on the golf course, put out the seven jugs we have, get them, bring in the old ones, get them back into the shop get them all clean. Then we run the sanitizer through him. So he's, you know, kitchen guy for two hours of the day. And I only have eight guys on the golf, on the crew. So now we only have seven out there working and I'm wasting time doing water. Um, I've been, it's been in a fight for a long time with my ownership and they're just not budging. So that's what we're doing. We do it every single day. Right now it's nice because we don't have to put them out there because we don't want people, you know, touching them. That saves me a guy every morning. Yeah, it saves me a guy every morning. And I do bring it up every day. Uh, not every day, but I'm sure three times a week I'm bringing it up that, man, we really need to start looking into this. Mm-hmm. I've thought of, you know, many ways that we could turn that into a positive, you know, get it private labeled, um, put our golf course's name on it. Uh, so that way, if somebody decides to chuck it out the window on their way home, it's kind of like advertising yeah. for yeah. us, you know, it's, yeah. it's the wrong way to advertise, but it's better than throwing it out there and having the name of the particular water rolling around in the desert. At least somebody might pick it up and say, oh, what's it? Oh, desert came. Oh, where's that? You know, kind of thing. And, you know, we thought of maybe putting coupons on them. You know, if they bring the thing back in, you know, what's it get them a logo ball or whatever? That's kind of not a very good business standpoint to really be giving that away. But anyways... That's kind of my take on the water. I do, thing. I do have a pretty pretty classic water cooler employee story. So, way back when I was at my first property, uh, I won't say the guy's name, but every morning this guy would go out. He would he would take this I call it a water buffalo, a tank of water, right? And he would water the the annual flowers around the monuments, and at the same time fill all the water coolers. So we start work at five thirty. 
So he, this guy goes out and he's doing his thing. Um, it's it's a, like a Ju- June or July day in, in Kansas City. So it's extremely oh, yeah. hot, extremely humid. Me and my boss were out hand watering. We get back to the shop. It's like 3.30 or 4. We're looking around for this guy. Has anybody seen, we'll call him Jerry. Yeah. Has anybody seen Jerry? Everybody's pretty much gone for the day. So we hop in a cart. We wheel over. And also he cleans a comfort station, which is on like hole number five. First one. So we wheel up there. He's got this water buffalo tank pulled apart. There is wet toilet paper everywhere. And he's got this whole pump pulled apart. It's like 3.30 or 4 o'clock. his pants. <laughs> okay. Dude, just make sure. So I think he's like backing out after washing the bathroom or whatever and tears a hose on this water tank and uh, decides instead of bringing it back to the mechanic for a five-minute fix, he's going to fix himself. He had one, a flathead screwdriver. He has a whole, he, I think, I don't really know because it was like a solo Espanol situation, but I think he was trying to clog the pump with toilet paper, which ended up like yeah. creating a Mount Vesuvius of toilet paper, <laughs> of wet toilet paper. This guy had been there from 6 a.m. to now 3.30, skipped lunch, and was so panicked to come back. Like, if we didn't go get him, I don't know if he would have came home. <laughs> he was done. He was out there. Didn't even, didn't put a single water cooler out. My boss was livid. Oh, I bet. But he, I, bet. I don't know how this guy got the tank. Or he had this pump fully, yep. fully apart. <laughs> it's like 3.30 in the afternoon. It was like a three-minute fix. We just came back to the shop. But he has been all day out there. Jesus. <laughs> Toilet, yeah, that's. Paper. I remember when I first started that you know as an assistant, it was more or less we had enough guys on our crew there. It was babysitting. That's what we did. We got the crew going, and then it was me and the other assistant kind of going around and making sure jobs were getting done. Nowadays, um, we set them free, and they see me going one direction on a piece of machinery, you know, the spray rig or a mower or whatever, and it's. I just hope and pray they're getting their things done. I have a really good crew now. Um, they're really tight-knit, uh, a lot of cousins and family members. So they kind of lean on each other a little bit easier, you know, to help each other get things done. But, man, there's no more babysitting for me. I have no time for it. So a situation like that, you know, you guys are off doing your job, hand water and greens, and you got a guy that your hope is... <laughs> He's made it back safely, gotten his weed eater he was supposed to get a hold of, and maybe you'd find him out there trying to fix a weed eater because he's better doing we a, second put up a second job. job for the guy and he's still at the bathroom. <laughs> maybe that's how we knew he didn't come back. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's awesome. I mean, I got to even, if we got time. Oh, we got, we got days, man. We got same, days. Same guy. I get a call on the radio and I'm assistant, same property. And uh, like I said, this guy, is, he only speaks Spanish. Um, and I, I know decent golf course Spanish. I'm obviously yeah. not fluent. So I uh, get a call on the radio. Hey, a golfer threw up in the bathroom on 14. I'm like, all right, cool. I grab this dude. I'm like, hey, Larry, Pero Caliente in El Baño de 14. Like, yeah. go wash it off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. And it's like, all right, we're, we're squared away. Like, limpio. Pretty good. Pretty good Spanish. Yeah. Pero caliente, hot dog. Yeah. Um, he seems to understand. So about 15 minutes later, I get a call from the other assistant on the radio. Hey, what'd you have Larry doing? And I say, well, there, somebody puked in the bathroom on 14. He's supposed to wash it off. He's like, well, he's trying to wash all the top dressing sand off of 14 green that we just put down this morning with a hose. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean? 
I was waiting. The guy for you went to say out. That he went up to the clubhouse and got sixteen hot dogs for <laughs> you and the crew. That would have been better. The guy was supposed to clean off the bathroom. He's trying to wash off all the top dressing stand that we just applied that. Morning. Oh man, <laughs> man, yeah. I guess I got to work on my Spanish. Yeah, I think you got to work on your Spanish, and that's another thing is you just got to trust, trust these guys that they're gonna do their right job. Trust everybody, you know, they they can get it done. Be and that comes with training them every day. You know, you got to make sure you train them correctly, and they understand. If not, ask questions. You know. That's what I say to my guys all the time is if you are not sure, do not give me that head nod and go off and do what you think. You know, we can go over it as many times as you want, as long as you understand. And then next thing you know, you're in the car, you're driving down, you know, the other side of the property, get off of whatever you were doing to go make sure that it was done correctly. Oh, that's funny. Some great stories. Yeah, we're going to have plenty of stories yeah. as time go by. I think we could dedicate about a whole season of these things just to the stories of what you've actually been through and also what you've heard. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely heard some good stories. Uh, to bring up the whole bathroom thing, My mine on number 14, uh, they're backed up again today. Um, and I have to get my handyman out there. He's the only one with the snake. we got to get into the cleanouts and everything else. Uh, get those things cleaned. I'm kind of glad that he, he takes the snake away and does other jobs on the side. Um, so that way I don't have to deal with it, but it does become very inconvenient. Uh, they get clogged up all the time. They were built when the golf course was built in 1971. Yep. Uh, first time I ever had to, uh, this is a, this is a great one. So I'm there like my third week at desert, uh, Canyon and the bathrooms on 14 are backed up. So I grab the snake. It happens because to be you there. Were there first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I head out there and I got the snake and I open up the door and it's got shits all over the floor. You know, the whole the uh, system is backed up through the floor. Every time you flush the women's bathroom side, the men's bathroom side floor basically gets covered in shit and toilet paper and piss and everything else that's in there. And it's the nastiest thing in the world. So I got the snake and me and uh, my irrigator, we're trying to snake it, trying to snake it, trying to snake it. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing will not work. So I finally hang it up, put out of order signs on there. I go up to the general manager at the time and I was like, hey, listen, I cannot get this thing unclogged. I was like, I got the snake. I've been down there for two hours. Me and the uh, irrigator, we've been working on it. Can't get it done. Okay, we'll bring in our handyman. So the next day the handyman comes down there and I join with him. Because I want to see how this is done. And you know, so I go down there with him and he walks inside. Then he goes, oh, my God, what a mess and everything else. He goes to the men's side, starts taking the urinal off the wall. <laughs> and I said, hey, buddy, I was like, it's the ladies toilet on the other side that's clogged. He's like, yeah. He's like, these things are the way they were built in back in 71. He said the main pipe is the men's urinal. So he pulls the urinal off the wall, shoves the snake into the uh, drain of the urinal, goes in there. He's like, okay, turn it on, turn it on. So I turn on the snake and you hear this. And it's like, what in the world is that noise? He's got the snake. It's gone through the urinal pipe, up the vent onto the roof. And it's the end of the snake smashing the roof. And I'm like... How you got to be kidding me. This is how we undo the goddamn toilet is we shove it through this, you know, through the urinal pipe. And now the the snake is on the roof like this. How was I ever going to figure this out? You know, this whole deal. 
Anyways, he pulls it back out and we end up getting it done. But we ended up putting in some clean outs uh, to make it a lot easier to get done. Uh, but it happens probably, I would say, it's for sure once a month, maybe twice a month that I the bathroom's on 14. Like a get golfer clogged. coming in. You know, 14 is probably 10 Budweiser's deep. Oh, yeah, for goes sure. Goes to step in. Oh, my God. And just takes a digger face yeah. first. It's three inches of huge yeah. Hopefully, he's got his waterproof foot joys on. And my pair of underwear that I flush. <laughs> That's, unfortunately, is what we find the most there is adult diapers. So, That's I think this is a great segue to how many hats you actually wear as a superintendent. So, you're a managing golf course. Yep, turf you're grass. also now you got a snake in the toilet. Yep, you know now, and I think this is a great segue to what I think we're going to talk about today is, is wildlife. Now you're also a snake wrangler. How many radio calls you got? Hey Matt, there's a snake on number fourteen. Can you yep. come take care of it? It's like, well, let me get my wrangling kit out <laughs> and you know, like my Kevlar vest, and let's go. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. Insane how many hats you actually have to wear? It's like plumber, snake wrangler. Yeah. It's it's wild. Next thing you're banging, you know, you're putting up a doorway. You know, yeah. oh, you're a superintendent. You can do everything. You know, oh, can you can you fix the garage doors on you know the shop? You know, yeah. I did that last year. You know, hey, let's put up a fence around the pump station. That's another thing. You got to know how yeah. to fix your pump station. A painter, I painted yeah. the pump station. Yeah, I painted shops. You did. You redid your whole shop this uh, past yeah, winter. You did the floors. You did the painting. I mean, yeah, you're construction guys. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we do wear quite a bit of hats, and it's funny because. Electrician? A lot of that stuff, yeah, electrician. You, you oh, learn your irrigation system. I mean, yeah, never mind when you got to, you know, put up a whole lighting system in your shop because it's garbage, and you're just like, that's it. My mechanic needs to see. It's the situation that I had. We ended up putting up all new lights ourselves. I mean, we can put some irrigation wires together, but I didn't think I'd be hanging light systems around my shop. You know, when I got into this whole business, but but I, I think too that speaks to how. Like these guys on our crew sometimes have a lot of skills that you don't know. There's a guy on there that can then go wire up the whole thing. There's yep. another guy that's done flooring. This guy's done tile. That guy's done brick wall. Like there's probably somebody in your shop that knows something about everything. Yeah, that right. You can get a lot of this stuff done if you don't know how to do yep, it yourself. Exactly. And sometimes you almost want to kick yourself in the ass after you get it done. Because you're like, oh, man, I just put up all new lights in the goddamn shop. Next thing, I'm going to be in the restaurant doing the same yep. thing just yep. because I can and we're going to save the company money. I mean, that's what we want to do. But it pulls you away from, quote unquote, the real job that you are there for. And that's to grow the turf grass and make the golf course playable. Um, yeah, I think one of the things, you know, we're going to talk about or what we're going to do is we're going to kind of give a little ramble updates. And then, uh, like I said, we're going to pick a topic. And I think this week's topic with the way the weather's changing, uh, I know you got a call the other day about a snake. We're going to cover kind of some of the wildlife that we see out here in Arizona. It's, I, mean, I think one of the perks of the job. Yeah. Cause it is cool. We see yeah. some awesome shit. You see some scary shit too. Um, you know, obviously we got rattlers. I have, uh, I've, I hated snakes when I was a kid. Hated. And all we had up back in Massachusetts was those little garden snakes. Yep. And that thing could be two feet long or shit, six inches long. And I wasn't going near it ever. And now, 25 years later, here I am. And I'm, I'm no joke wrestling with four, five foot rattlesnakes. Um, we get the phone call. Hey, we got a rattlesnake on number 14 T-Box. 
you know, realistically, by the time we get there, is that snake really going to still right, be there? Exactly. Most of the time, no, but it is a hazard to the golfer because a lot of you want to get as close as you can to it, to take a little photo with it, you know, or whatever it is. Please stay away from these things. Um, don't hurt them. Don't kill. People ask all the time, you're going to kill it? You're going to kill it? No, that I'm not going to kill it. Insane. No, they're there doing more work for me on my gopher issues, yeah. rabbits. Listen, to me, it's like that rattlesnake doesn't want to do anything to you. Yep. Leave it alone. What a bull snake or skunk or leave it alone. Let it do its thing. Yep. Like we're on its land anyway. It's yep. not going to do anything. Yeah. Why, just... why do I need to kill it? Like, let's just send it to the desert. Let it do its thing. Leave it alone and leave you alone. Yeah. Su- I think it's such a hard old move to be like, it, oh, it, I yeah. killed it. I got a tatter. Exactly. Like, I'm, not yeah. a, I'm not a big, when for I any was wildlife. In... And I'm not even like some PETA guy either. Right? Yeah, just, right. Like, exactly. It's not doing anything. Yeah, just let it be. Let it go. It's going to probably help you more later. Like I said, I have such a gopher problem at my golf course that I have to have a woman. She comes in once a month and because uh, she's got the fumigation license. And she goes around and fumigates these things. It's the only way to kill them. Um, I have been working with, there's a company out here. It's called uh, Wild at Heart. It's up in Cave Creek, Arizona. Yep. And they're a raptor. Them. Uh, rescue and rehab um, company what they do is they take raptor birds and they get them whether they're injured or maybe they were born in the wrong area and they take them over they rehab them if they need it or they just try to find them a home Um, i contacted them maybe two months ago to get some owls Um, i was going to build owl boxes for them and everything and you know put them they bring them out they put them on the property and they'll take care of more gophers the two owls could probably cover my entire property yeah. and the woman that I have that comes out to do the fumigation for it. I've had her for two years and she could come once a week. And because of budgetary reasons, I only have her once a month. Uh, the fumigation has definitely helped a lot. I've pushed them really off the turf, but they're right on the edge mm-hmm. of the turf in the desert areas. And they're just waiting to get out there. Did you get the owls? Uh, no. So what happened with the owl issue was um, there. I contacted her two months ago. She called. She emailed me right back. She's like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm really interested in this. The problem is we're so busy. I won't get to you until maybe October." Really? Yeah. So I need to get on the list. So with the yeah. So I've got her information and everything else. We've kind of contacted back and forth. Hey, I'm still interested just to make sure. And she's gonna let me know. Kind of. I thought the whole conversation. Was something along the line, she's going to let me know when she's about three months out because I told her that I was using fumigation because we need to not fumigate anything for three months because okay. if the owls come in, they eat one of the uh, gophers oh, yeah, that right. was has the poison in it. Now it takes the owl out, and we definitely don't want that. Um, so We've I'm actually sh- used them before. I've, I've had an owl, like a juvenile, down on the golf course. They came and picked it up, and I, we had like a red-tailed hawk or a Harris hawk. Yeah. Down, they went and take them back. So it's a pretty good situation up there. Yeah, I thought the uh, hawks, and I don't know really much about birds, but uh, I thought the hawks would do more work. I have six of them that have been in the same eucalyptus tree in my shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're there all the time. I have two golden, uh, pair of golden eagles, male and female, that come back every summer. And they nest in the same eucalyptus tree on so number six. Those things money. are fucking monsters. Dude. 
monsters. They look like small dogs. One day, from one day I'm 100 yards on, away. Standing on like 12 green on one of my golf courses, talking to one of my assistants. I look up. There is an eagle, a bald fucking eagle, flies straight over. It was like, I think he had a American flag in his yeah, pocket. I was just going to say, like, the stock was saluted. Was like, oh my gosh, this thing was massive. Oh. But it was like, it was unbelievable. It's yeah, here they're crazy, crazy. I had uh, those two golden eagles. They were uh, they had some uh, little babies, and they were out there trying to teach them how to fly. So one oh, of them awesome. is on the ground, yeah, basically catching or protecting. Right. And uh, the other one, the other parent, is up in the tree, and the two of them are kind of they're almost like walking out on the edge of a branch. Well. I, the reason why I came across this is I see one of my employees, he's standing underneath the tree and he's chucking little pine cones, oh, right? Geez. So I wheel over to him and I'm like, listen, I'm like, stop. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, he's like, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting him. He's like, I just want to, you know, I want to get as close as I can. I was like, man, I was like, you better wor- worry. Mama's going to come down here with those talons and just strike you, yeah. you know, oh. and the noise those two were making was unreal i was like this doesn't freak you out and he's like no 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 i want to get closer i want to get closer i don't know if he wanted to take a picture or whatever but i of bailed course. him out of there we just kind of sat on the other side and just kind of watched them the whole process of them trying to teach those little dudes yeah. how to fly <laughs> like i said one the of the first first leaf, the, the first leap was comedy the, yeah. i mean it looked like a little sputtering plane going down I had just same situation iron horse we had uh great horn owl yeah. up in and in they had like you know juveniles so we kind of saw them from birth me and the irrigator joe and we would watch them every day it was so awesome yeah. to see those things grow I was like, those I, things are crazy i can't get enough i mean yeah. that at iron horse we had bobcat pups or yeah kittens. Like kittens um one time that were pretty incredible i came wheeling in through like a, ten, a tunnel and the two were just playing like two little brothers and sisters yep. rolling around and i kind of just stopped and watched i mean you throw anything out there, I'm going to stop. Oh, I got coyotes. It's summertime for me. I'm right up against the National Forest. Under every tree is going to be a coyote. Oh, yeah. And I'll just stop and just, just hang out, man. It's just, I can't get enough. Yeah, they're cool. Um, for most of you that uh, have coyotes, you know, they're everywhere. They're, uh, I've heard a stat that, I mean, there's no licenses out here to kill them. You can do whatever you want. You can shoot as many as you want. Um, I know that years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I knew my mechanic's son that I had, my mechanic that I had, his son used to go and shoot him for 50 bucks a pelt. Really? And he thought he was going to get rich off it. Yeah, clown. But uh, so, and ranches will let you come and clean their whole property. Uh, they'll, you know, all the chicken ranches and everything. I mean, coyotes are savages. Uh, most of you know the old, you know, you think of coyote and the roadrunner and he's a dingbat. Those things are smart as shit. Um, they travel in packs. Yeah. When I was up at Desert Highlands, we had a uh, we found a little puppy dog dead on number two fairway, and it was gutted. So we grab the thing, we bring it into the shop, we put it into a bag, and we're kind of just waiting for a member to maybe call the security office about, you know, they lost their dog. And yeah. uh, so we get a phone call from security. Hey, did you guys happen to find a dog? We're like, yeah, we did. Um, it's down in the shop. It's dead. And uh, so the member ended up uh, giving us a call down there. And my boss had fielded the call. And he says, 
yeah, sir, you better come down. You know, it's not good. You know, I wouldn't bring your wife. So he's like, yeah, I definitely don't want to do that. Uh, this is her baby, yada, yada, yada. $7,000 show dog. This little white, oh, I don't know no. if it was a Pomeranian or whatever. <laughs> it's a Pomeranian. Yeah, I don't know. It's a show I dog. imagine it's a tiny not, little dog. It's not dog. taking a fucking turn, dude. Yeah, exactly. I'm not uh, buying it a fucking beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I think it's a show dog. Anyway, can't kill it. So it falls out. He had said he heard the coyotes in the night, and he said he he heard it whimpering, oh, whimpering shit. at his back fence. So Didn't mean what to make coyotes light of that. do? Didn't is mean they... to make light of that. I apologize right now. Yeah, I'm not making laugh of at it. Yeah, the dead pomeranian. Yeah, it's a show dog. So uh, they whimper and act like they're hurt to get the animal to your dog or whatever it is to come over and check them out and bang. They snatch him, or uh, one day I had my dog out at the golf course. He doesn't go there. Uh, he's He would have been awesome as a younger dog. He's a 17-year-old border collie, and uh, that just wouldn't hang. But I had him out there on a weekend one day, and one of them followed me for four holes barking at him. Really? I'm right up to the golf cart. Well, at the time, I was sitting in the golf cart, you know, watching some sprinklers run or whatever, and uh, next thing I hear, bark, and boom, Cody's gone after this thing. And the Coming coyote went in running the right into the desert. And I knew enough. I was there's like, oh, man. 15 in the desert. There's, there's got to be a couple of them in there. And that's what they do. They, yeah. they send one out there. That's how they hunt rabbits. They come out. They bring one out. And they start pushing the animal, whether it be quail or rabbits. They push them back in the desert. And there's three or four of them Maybe waiting call me there a bad for guy. I find this fascinating. Like, yeah, I exactly. Just, you just watch it happen. I, I never... Is there a point where I'm like, I want to go shoot this thing? I, no. And maybe that's me. I, like, Obviously, everybody's different, but like, I think it's pretty sick. Yeah. It's, I, I saw one on, on one of my holes. There was a, like three babies and the mom was just chilling with them. So I took a picture. Like later on, I'm looking at the picture. I'm zooming in, zooming in. Like out in the desert, you can see the dad just hanging out. Yep. Just keeping watch. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. anyways, Cody goes running into the desert and I get him. And bring him back. And I text my wife. I'm like, hey, your little boy's acting tough today. He's going to go after a fucking coyote, right? And I'm like, don't worry. I got him. No problem. As I'm texting, this little son of a bitch comes back out, gives one bark. Cody takes off again. And the three of them come out of the desert. Now they go across a fairway. So it happened to be a weekend in the summertime. And when it's a weekend in the summertime, sometimes I'm in flip-flops. So it's me and my golf cart. Well, it's coyote, Cody chasing him. Me following Cody and three coyotes behind me going across. I jump out of the cart. My car goes bombing into the desert. Didn't even hit the brakes. I'm right. running through the desert through cactuses and all sorts of shit in flip-flops trying to save Cody. I have to scoop him up. As I scoop him, two of them run literally a foot from me. That's, and then they take off. So I strap him into the cart and start driving. Go to the next hole and we just wait bastard here it comes right up the middle of the fairway and the other three of them are walking in the edge of the desert just cruising we went two holes further and they still 20 minutes later here it comes again you know just barking at him just trying to get cody to go after him those things are so smart so smart oh yeah and they're just it's funny how looney tunes put him as you know an idiot but no way that thing's crazy which uh, kind of goes off to, uh, you know, Coyote and the old Roadrunner. Nothing uh, bad. Something little bit about Danny Boy. It's his favorite little animal. It is the baddest I know. 
Go on. Tell us a little bit about those suckers. I'll tell you a little about it. It's a velociraptor. That thing is the meanest bird. I know everybody. Bald eagles are wicked as shit. Don't get me wrong. This thing hauls ass. It can kill rattlesnakes. And not, I mean, more ways than one. It, It eats rattlesnakes for dinner. Yeah. I've seen videos where they'll like. I've seen it. Thorns and the, like the branches mm-hmm. with thorns, like mesquite branches, and they'll put them around the snake. Yep. And so the snake can't really go anywhere, and then it'll strike and strike until it gets worn out, and then the the roadrunner will just boom. Pounds. Yeah. What I saw one day was a rattlesnake in one in a uh, roadrunner going at it, and I it was my first experience with it. And it was, I had no idea. I just kind of roadrunners, just a regular bird. I didn't know they were such savages. This thing is hopping around, flying up over it, and the rattlesnake is striking, striking, striking. It's out in the middle of the fairway. It's bouncing around, right? Yep. And all of a sudden, bang, the thing just attacks it. And I'm like, holy shit. Yep. That's exactly what it did is it just made it punch drunk. You know, just kind of just took blow after blow and never got the bird, but it's just bouncing around, bouncing around. Rattlesnake gassed, bang. Dude, it's it's the ultimate five-tool player. He can run fast shit. He can fly. He's a meeting machine. Doesn't need water. You right. know that? Yeah. Doesn't drink water. They get all the moisture from whatever they eat. That's crazy. In the desert, 115 degrees. Yeah. Uh, you Bad got many of machine. You, you got many of them out there? I, I have... You know, uh, I had way more than California. And then, actually, you were texting me today. We were talking about this. And we were talking about Roadrunners. Yeah. And 30 seconds later, what comes speeding by with a lizard in his mouth. Yeah, the lizard like, in his mouth. They just, always have a lizard in their mouth. Like it was speaking to me. Like, yeah. Check me out. I'm like, yep, you're bad. Yep. <laughs> I have uh, I have a handful of them. I got three of them that live on one hole. Dude. Um, see them every day. Every single day you could go out there and they will be at some point I get excited every time I see one. I'm a javelina. I fucking love them. Javelina, you got those things? Rare. Very rare. I yeah. probably, in four years at my property, seen them three, three times. Huh. Maybe. Yeah, I got I see him again. Probably the rarest of all the things we mm-hmm. see. Uh, that in uh, tarantulas. I've actually seen more javelina in my neighborhood than I have on the golf course. Huh? I've seen two tarantulas. Both were in my mechanic's office for some reason. So I, maybe he carries them in his pocket. But <laughs> he's he, he's, he's had spy, them boxed up. Spider so speaker. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. Spider whisperer. Whatever yeah, they call yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, we usually we get them uh, after a good rain. They always come out. That's when I see them the most. After a good rain, it almost like yeah. flushes them out of their little holes. Or you find them in valve boxes. You know, flip that valve box is another thing. Uh, you go to a valve box out here, mm-hmm. um, and you definitely flip that thing with a shovel and take full, full view of yes. what is inside there before you shove Nothing your hand in there. Nothing scares me more than putting my arm in a valve box. Yeah. There's scorpions, How many times you lift to live in black an widows. Box. What's and that? How many times you lift a lid on an irrigation box and there's a scorpion on there? Oh, I- <laughs> Yeah. So many times. Once a week? Yeah, whenever you lift them. Whenever you, you lift them. And the thing about f- living in Arizona, everything bites. Yeah. The animals, the fucking plants. Yeah, like, you can't trust a thing. Yeah. A tarantula hawk? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too. That was um, the second worst thing in the planet. Thing is, yeah, nasty. had no idea what was going on, but it, uh, watched this. Yeah, it looks like a big wasp is the best way to kind of explain what it looks like. Dude, it's like. Arnold Schwarzenegger of Wasp yeah. versus like I don't know, Martin Short. Like <laughs> yeah. this thing has big orange wings, it's black, and it looks like it's ready to kick people's ass. Yeah. But what it does is it stings tarantulas, paralyzes them. Yep. Right? Stop me if I'm wrong, and then injects its eggs in it. 
So when the eggs hatch, then it eats from basically from the inside out, uses the tarantula as food. Yeah, it's it's wild. I uh, we were again, we were cruising around me and my old boss and uh, he kind of slams on his brakes. He's like, check this out. This is very rare to watch. And I'm like, what? And he's like, watch this thing. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's a tarantula hawk. Watch this thing. And I see, you know, it's got a tarantula and it's all of a sudden starts banging on this thing. And it's like, holy shit. You know, you never, I would have never in a million years, I don't know why I would have ever thought of it, but you watch these things. It's, it's wild, man. It is crazy. Some of the things we see, um, Gila monsters. That's another good one. I haven't seen one yet, man. Another one, another one. I mean, desert highlands is loaded with this stuff. That's exactly where I see it all. Chuck Wallace. I saw Chuck Wallace. We got those all over the place at desert Canyon. Yep. Uh, that's just a kind of a little basic little lizard isn't it you know it kind of isn't that the one with the fat tail though yeah uh no i think no i think these things they look like a little little baby i might be mixing the name up uh, but uh, i think that, yeah you better look that thing up google here chuck wall i think he's got a fat ass tail i don't know but i, I always think of chumbawamba <laughs> chumbawamba is that not, i get knocked down so uh, i'm not sure I don't know what Chumbawamba yes, is. You do. But, don't uh, fuck. <laughs> but Gila Monsters. Andy, put it on Chumbawamba as a fucking outro song. <laughs> um, yeah, um, the Gila Monsters, really, really vicious. Um, they uh, they got a hell of a bite. They go lockdown. Uh, that fucking thing with the orange that's tail. That's the thing, yes. Yeah. Yep, I have seen those things. Those are nasty. If everybody wants to go look at Chuck Wallace, I have we seen can those. We just post it on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, we'll show that thing. Um, another thing is those Gila monsters. You know, what is it? The only way I hear if you get bit by one of those things, they again have very, very venomous. Uh, it'll give you some crazy bacteria it gives you more than it is like a bite from or venom. Um, and it goes in there and it eats your skin and eats your muscle, eats your tissue. But they have lockjaw. Um, so from what I've understood, if you ever do get bit by one of these things, and I don't know why you'd go near it cause they are fucking ugly. They look nasty. Like they're one of those things you look at, you see it and you're just like, you know what? No way. Well, it looks like a fucking monster. Ca- yeah. I'm not fucking touching. Yeah. But if you don't know what it's called, you just look at it. The thing looks like a fucking cartoon character. That's cause I'm telling you everything in Arizona is getting, is not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including the plants, man. Yeah. Everything bites back. Yeah. Everything. everything bites back. I did have a friend one time. She come out and visited out here. Uh, and we were out hiking. And I think we were maybe a thousand yards on this trail. And we we're all, <laughs> down at South Mountain. She just kind of stops and peers around. And she's just like, Arizona is angry. It's just angry. But it's and awesome. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, everything looks like it hurts. She's like, from the rocks from the dirt, from the plants. She goes, the animals you see out here. She goes, everything hurts. And it's it's one of those things, yeah, it does. Because you go maybe to like Washington or Oregon, everything's so yeah. soft and fluffy. And yeah. I mean, granted, they do have bears or whatever. But, you know, everything looks like it's nice and comfy. Arizona's a different story, man. It's it's pretty gnarly. Um, but so that's kind of uh, a little oh, bit yeah. of a backstory. Got a quick, quick wildlife story. One of the worst ones. So when I was in Ironhorse early in the morning i'm wheeling down i think it's number seven and they're on the fairway and it goes down in basically a wash like a little river and then it goes up the other side of the green so i come around the corner and there's probably seven to nine deer standing there yeah and i just stop i'm like oh shit like just don't do anything to make them run across that right right yeah so 
I'm looking at them. They're looking at me, kind of like you know when a, a dog's taking a piss or shit, and it looks back at uh-huh. you like hey, they're so proud. Yeah. And if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go like Google um, photos ruined by the dog taking a shit. I think there's a calendar, and it's classic. So anyway, <laughs> they're all giving me this stop, look back situation. I'm like, don't you fucking do it. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm dead still. Boom. One takes off. They're all gone. They're all gone. Straight down the creek, up the other side. All seven prancing along across the green. <laughs> it's almost like they stopped and danced yeah. on it. Yeah. 28 hoofs. Yeah. If I did the math right on this one. Yeah. Straight across the middle of the green. Oh. I mean, we were out there. Me and the irrigator out there for probably an hour just fixing Just dance. fixing hoof They marks. destroyed that green. Oh, man. Just shit right in my face. Dude. This, <laughs> you gave me the, one gave me like the middle hoof. Like just. Yeah. Just, <laughs> there was it. Have fun, buddy. We're out of here, but you got work to do, son. <laughs> Enjoy fixing this green. We're gone. Yeah. I uh, I'll definitely post a uh, the rattlesnakes. Um, a couple of years ago, I had uh, had to wrangle them. We were cleaning around the shop, and we found two of them hibernating. And it was just starting to warm up. Uh, probably around this time of year, actually. If I look back at it, I believe the photo was taken in April. Oh, the video, uh, classic video. I had to take them and, you know, I just put them into a big, uh, trash barrel and I take them off property and yeah. release them. Uh, we're pretty close to the reservation and you're close to the national forest. So you kind of just bring them off and you just re-release them out there. But I have a pretty good, pretty good video of it. And, uh, right now they are starting to come out with the weather changing, you know, yeah. they hibernate, but you know, the night times are real cold or chilly for them. And uh, they want to get out and they want to get to the streets and to get warm or the rocks or somewhere open. And then it'll come a time here in the summertime you won't see anything because it's so hot for them. They're all working at night, hunting at night. Right now they're just trying to come out and warm up during the day. But I have a pretty good one, uh, a couple of probably four or five foot rattlesnakes. It's pretty badass video. I'll post that thing if anybody wants to see it. It'll be up on our Instagram later. Um, So... Anyways, uh, anything else going on? That's enough of our wildlife talk. Uh, if uh, anybody's got any questions, feel free to email us or uh, text us through Instagram. Yep. Um, you know, we'll definitely do our best to answer some of the questions about what we do with some of the wildlife or you know some of the things we see. But uh, so what else is going on? You know what else? What went on was uh, Sunday night. Did you catch that documentary? documentary? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, thank that, God for some sports. I had a thousand hours. No of idea what the ratings were on that thing, but uh, anything that was, you know, sports related, I think with a good show like that, I believe it wasn't supposed to be released until June, I believe. Yeah, well, during the NBA right? Finals. Yeah, it was <clears> going <throat> to be NBA Finals night. They were going to release it. So uh, definitely check that thing out. You being from where you're from, everybody knows he's in the middle of Nebraska. Well, I'm a Bull yada, fan yada, yada. as a result of my death. My dad was right. born and raised in Chicago. He was in the Air Force, took us around the country. So I was, I just force fed Chicago sports, and that's all yeah. I live and breathe. This was all going on kind of when I was young. I was born in '83. He was drafted, I think, in '84. So yeah. for me to go back and watch it is just unbelievable to see how much of a savage, like, oh. win at any cost. And like, one thing that really stuck out to me is while I was watching, like, I think it was after he'd hurt his foot. And they were playing the Pacers. Yep. There's 30 seconds left in the game. And so they take Jordan out. He's furious. He's like, what do you mean? We're we're this close to making the playoffs. Yep. Like 30 seconds. You know you need me in the game. Um, and then one, they cut to one dude, and he basically says, like, Michael's attitude, no matter what is – and I got it written down right here. Um, 
You do it. You do everything you do at the highest level, and you do it to win all the time. You don't take it off because yep. we could get this draft pick. We could, we're going to go a thousand percent. I think that's something we can all like. Yeah. Try to understand when it comes to the golf course. Those days where it's like, when from last time we were talking about the gypsums on the green. Yep. It's like, could you have done that the next day? Probably. Yep. What are you going to do to be the best? Yep. We're going to go out right now at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's 107 degrees, but it's going to rain tomorrow, so we're going to go chuck gypsum. Yep. Because that's what we're going to do to be the best. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. No days and off. And it's like that guy. That mentality of this just goes straight for the throat. Whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Like either you're with me or against me. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. How about when the doctor, was it the doctor that says yep. to him or maybe the owner, he says to him, Hey Mike, you know, we got a problem here. You know, you could break your foot and your career could be over. And he's like, ah, but it's fine. It's fine. You know, he's going on about yep. it. And the guy says, listen, let's put it to you this way. You have a 90% chance of being okay, but 10% chance. Well, they say you, had a, you have a headache. Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, he says 90%, 90% chance, chance to get the 90, foot is going to be fine, yeah. but 10%, you could break right. this thing and your career is over. And the doctor says, what if I had a pill yep. that for your headache? And he says uh, something along the lines of 90% chance of it 90% getting chance this thing's going to take care of it, but 10%, 10% chance of dying. It's, you're going to die from it. And Mike looks right at him and says, how oh, bad's a fucking headache? That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Just stone cold yeah. savage. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. And they made the playoffs, what, like 30 games under 500? They're terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. And he goes yeah. and puts up 50 or 55, and then it's 63, yep. 63. against yourself. Hey, whatever. Yeah, let's check. Check the, Everybody knows. Let's you. check the year of that, 1986. <laughs> uh, let me let me take a look to the rafters here in the garden. <laughs> Are oh, we gonna go to the rafters? Oh, yeah, it's up in the rafters. Are yep, 1986. Go yep, that's <laughs> that's it right there. Yep, there's another there's another championship right there. Yeah, 1986, probably one of the best basketball teams ever assembled. And but when you have Larry Bird basically calling somebody God. In Dude, his what's this, his third year, four, second year in the NBA, and yeah. Larry Bird's calling you God, <sighs> Jesus Christ! Dude, I mean, I'm biased. Larry Roy Bird Williams, is, Larry Bird's Jesus. Michael can be God, I guess. Yeah. Roy Williams is being like he came to our camp as a player, and five days later he was the best player in the country. Yeah, best player in the country, and he's if, a, as soon as he joined the NBA, or I think. Maybe when he joined the Bulls, it was like right away he was the best player on the team. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yep. Yeah, the guy was, he's unreal. Uh, Definitely looking forward to it. Uh, The next episode will be Sunday night. Uh, It's 10 parts, so we got five Five weeks of this. Uh, So I like it how they're kind of spreading it out because, shit, if it was on consecutively, hell, if all 10 episodes were on, I probably would have watched it. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't much of a Bulls fan growing up, uh, but a Jordan fan. My bedroom was loaded in. I used to get the Sports Illustrated. You know, Mike was on the cover. I don't know how many times, but every cover, I cut the thing out. Then I cut out every photo of him. I mean, I had this collage on my bedroom wall that wrapped three walls. Yeah. And there was no space. You couldn't see the wallpaper. I had it all cut out perfect. I mean, guy was unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I just think just to be the best, it just goes to show. One, you have to have a little talent and height or whatever, but like... You have to have an this mentality where I'm going to work harder than anybody else and I'm not going to stop until I have it. And everybody around, there's no hurt feelings. Like, if you're not up to the standard, I'm going to hold it to it. If you don't want to get the fuck out, yeah. you're gone. Yep. Because we're here to do a job, win championships. We're here to grow the best turf. Yeah, some of, some of the best footage I loved was the um, practices. 
watching him get on his players. Did I uh, need 10 hours of practice? I want, yeah, I want more of that. Yeah. Yes. I think, uh, you know, the little trailer they were throwing out there, I think Rodman gets into, introduced into the whole mix next, and that's going to be awesome. Um, you know, another thing that was real funny, uh, Scotty Pippen. I mean, look, how about the, the money that guy was making, well, making, making great money. Jordan's, he was number six on that six team. Six on the team. On the team. I think it's, and then at the Dude. end of the, I think episode two, I think it's going to go into Pippen's, what, what's going to happen next. And, and Jordan's basically like, I think Scotty was being selfish. And Scotty was like, like 18 million over seven years. And 18 million, yeah, it was 2.4 million. Jordan was making 36 or something. 33 million for Jordan and 2.4 for uh, Pippen. And, and he's like, I uh, think Scotty was being selfish. And the, the best was, you know, Piffin gets hurt and they're going to start that, what is it, the, the 98 season or uh-huh. 97 season. You know, they're going to go for their sixth championship and Scotty starts on the bench and, you know, yeah. he they're basically saying, hey, man, you know, why aren't you getting this surgery done? Be, you know, at the end of the last season, you know, you'd be good to go. Yeah. And his quote was, I ain't fucking my summer up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it on company time. That was awesome. Yeah. It was so awesome. I Those guys at Barstool, they had that show shirt made by the end of the episode oh so yeah. obviously i mean they're getting a little bit of you know pre into this thing they probably got people at espn that are giving them a little bit more but well, they know the best times who i know but still <laughs> they got their buddies with yeah i mean, well, I mean dave's like best friends printing, with mcshay yeah. i know he's football but they got connection yeah. but anyways i just thought it was great they had that t-shirt up before the episode was over, at least our time, yeah. you know, so there was a little bit of time there, you know, by the time it aired on the East Coast. But anyways, that was a great quote. quote. I'm not fucking my summer up. Oh, it's just <laughs> that's a, great. It's an unbelievable doc. So, yeah, looking forward to that for sure. The rest of that thing. And uh, what else is going on? You know what else we'll do? Uh, I think we got another question uh, we're going to field from the old Twitter. Uh, what do you got over there? Yeah, so from Twitter, I got the question from... Uh, at Outspacen, his name's Ryan. Uh, question: Which one of you guys would win in a good old leg wrestling match? And I, <laughs> I know exactly where this is going to go. So before you say, I've got, to, I'm going to attack this head on right now. For all of you that don't, no, know, no, 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 no. Hold on, wait don't, one second. Don't let steal me just get, let me give me this. Yeah, I got noodle legs. No, well, I was going to say, if, for all of you that don't know who Dan is, he's a big motherfucker. With little stick legs. But anyways, go Motherfucker. ahead. Go I can run. All right. <laughs> I've run. Marathons. I know you do. I do squats. I know you do. Sometimes. I know, but you're tall and big. It's shit. genetic. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I got length. Yeah, I know. That's that's definitely and the core. What, yeah. Yep. I'm scrappy. You got though. leverage though. I'm scrappy. Yeah. yeah. I'm scrappy. I don't know who would win. I know you'd win in an arm wrestling contest only in a bench press out. contest, but hey. How about we put it like this? Once we get to a X number of listeners, we got to make a bet. When yeah. we get to X number of followers on Twitter, we'll have a leg wrestling match oh, and nice. settle the score. We got to get to like a thousand or something oh, dumb. All right, here Deal? we go. Yep, and we'll fire it up. Fuck. God what if damn. one of us blows a knee out or a hip? I got a bad hip. Yeah. Oh fuck. It's gonna be good though. Great question. Would you go left leg or right? I'm not fucking telling you. That's well, we'd have you... to go the same side, dipshit. You'd have to tell me. We can't. <laughs> we well, the then I'm going left. I'm left-handed. Left I'm leg. Le- yeah, me too. I'm left. Oh, All right, game shit. One. Well, I don't. I don't play golf with Tina, but I right. I may have a dexterous. Yeah. This is gonna be fucking money. We yeah, I think that. I'm fucked. I don't, I don't know, know dude. I'm gonna have to get scrappy. 
You really have a leg wrestling match is going to be serious. <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyway, <laughs> thanks Anyways, for the question. Keep it up on Twitter. Yep. We'll it's, answer them live. We'll take, we'll take anything. Yeah. And once anything. we'll get to a thousand followers, I guess we'll, we'll live stream a, a leg wrestling match. Yep. Um, what, what else would you want to cover? I think uh, you were talking earlier. You wanted to cover something that Brooks Kepka put up out there on Twitter. or Yeah, so not, li- not long question. ago, Brooks Kepka was on part of my take, a uh, Barstool podcast. Obviously, we both are big stoolies. But um, he made the point that if we if the tour continues, he wasn't too excited about not having fans. One, winning, like hitting the winning putt yeah. on 18 and just high-fiving your caddy. Yeah, it's that in golf. You know, crickets. Yeah. But he, he did make a good point. He said... A lot of more pros are going to start losing balls because no fans are going to be there to find them. True. And I think that is awesome. Yeah. How many, yeah, no need for marshals to be out there. You know, they probably won't be out there. The guys that are out there kind of holding up the, quiet signs. The peasant golf. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm a 16 handicap. I need fans finding balls. Exactly. I need... I'm not a 16. I'm a 95. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I need fans finding my ball. I need a caddy. Tell me what break. I need a greens book. Tell me which way every greens are going, and and I need six practice rounds before I go out for my real ones every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my question to you is, what do you think you would shoot? Let's say on a normal day, I think eighty-five is a good number for both of us. Yep. On a normal day, you would shoot eighty-five. What do you think you would shoot with a caddy and in a ball locator? Because I like we played your place not that long ago. I put one. Like you got a dog leg left on fifteen. I thought I hit a pretty good drive that wrapped around yep. that tree. Yep, and, and for sure get I thought there, it was gone. in the grass. Right, yep. for sure I thought it was in the With grass. Fans there, you would assume that ball was findable. Maybe yep. if it was playable or not, I don't know. Anyway, it's a lost ball for me. I'm dropping. Um, that's a retee. Maybe you nick one of the fans, and the thing goes right out in the middle yeah. of the fairway. Right. So, what do you think you shoot with all that stuff? Now, fans. I'm not talking about the pressure of, of fans watching you. Like you could just go out and be like me and you, right? So you don't have that added pressure. But the fact that they're finding your ball, you got a caddy reading your green. What do you think you shoot? Normally, if eighty-five is good, I'm definitely eight. I think it's five strokes, six five strokes. strokes. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Five, have you, five have or you ever six had a round with a, with a caddy? Um, had a four caddy playing TPC, yeah. um, and they definitely help. I mean, just because they know the golf course. For it's sure. huge, huge. I mean, I I was. I'm always on the fence about having a caddy, but I've, I've had it, I think, three times. And every time, there, I'm probably three or four strokes better. On greens, you think, all right, that's going right. Yeah. It goes left. I played uh, up in in Monterey at, at a, a course. We had to have a caddy. And the dude, his name was Wags. I'll never forget. Wags. Dude was money. Wags, nice. the, the caddy. Anyway, like, you would hit one and be like, oh, yeah, that's good. And you're like, what the fuck, Wags? Like, that's pulled left. And then all of a sudden, he's like, show your face, show your face. And then the ball would just perfectly come nice. out. The yeah. dude watched us on the range for probably five minutes and knew exactly where every one of us should hit it. How we should, He's like, the way you're hitting it, you need to hit there. The way you were hitting it, you need to hit over there. And yeah. the dude was right, dialed in every time. Probably five strokes better. Yeah. Um, to uh, kind of give you an idea. So last week, a couple of us went out and we played golf. We played Blackstone Country Club. Um, and when the... TPC, the uh, Waste Management Open was out here. Um, Zach Johnson happened to go out there and play a practice round on one day from the tips, a hair over 7,000 yards. It's a tough golf course. Um, he shoots 63 or 64, I believe, his first time out seeing the golf course from the tips. Is that good? Uh, I th- course think record? that's 64. <laughs> no, because the next day, his second time seeing it, he shoots 60. 
So is that good? Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, pretty good. That's Zach Johnson. Okay, the guy's a good. He's a professional golfer. He's real good. He's a two-time major champ, I think. Right, but he hasn't been around there up at the top of the leaderboard, you know, for quite some time here. But anywho, so we decide we're gonna go play the tips and see what it's like. Uh, could have used a caddy. Definitely could have used fans finding my golf ball and shot 95. So you, so a 90. Yeah. 90 on tour. 90 on tour. Shit. Fuck. I'm in. What am I doing? What are we doing this podcast for? We should nope. be on tour. Yeah, I know. No, we'll stick well, to I just it. thought it was pretty, I mean, pretty cool. I, I'm actually interested to see without fans when these dudes are spraying in the woods. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many fans are waving it down there all around? Oh, yeah. There's nobody to wave it down. Yeah, they all want to be on TV. three minutes to find it. Yep. A lot of more provisionals. I wonder if that would get some separation of the field. It'd be interesting to see. It yeah. might have zero effect, but it was a good point. Yeah, it was definitely a good point. Um, so what else is uh what else can we cover here? We uh got any more questions? No, we don't have any more questions. Another thing we were gonna talk about is we like to bring to the golf uh, to the podcast is uh kind of help you guys out at your house. Um, growing your grass. We're gonna kinda I it's I don't know why. I don't want to use this term, but for some of you out there, we're going to dummy it down a little bit. Uh, sometimes we can definitely get a little too technical, and uh, we might lose you a little bit on some of our talk. And uh, we definitely want to help out the the novice grass grower. So, uh, what do you got going on? You know, somebody in the state of Arizona right now, they got their lawn looking probably right now. It's probably starting to check out like our golf courses if they did overseed. What kind of what tip would you give? to a homeowner right now as something that they could go out this weekend to kind of start getting their Bermuda grass going. I mean, if I think if you're an Arizona resident looking to transition your lawn right now with 100 degree heat coming, yep. just chuck your water off. Yeah. Just shut it off for the week. Let the ryegrass die. Kick it back on. The Bermuda's yep. going to come back. Go out. Go out. Maybe mow, lower that height on the mower. Scalp it out. Shut we'll the water off. Right. Um, maybe the other thing that I would tell you probably to do is maybe head down to your local uh, rental store. Um, if you guys can get out there now, I'm not even sure if they're open. And uh, rent a machine. It's I know it as the Renathin yep. or the Bluebird uh, Power Rake. And send that thing over your grass uh, a couple times. That'll start pulling out uh, the uh, rye grass and kind of tickling the Bermuda grass, get it kicked up and going. And uh, we'll uh, definitely kind of keep you posted. A, you know, a little week to week. Probably thing. not not a bad time now to start throwing some pre-emergence down for your summer annuals. So yep. for sure, for sure, to get that you out as the ryegrass goes. Head down to Home Depot, get a little weed and feed, hook it up to your hose, yeah. go out there and spray your grass. You it's know, very basic or... basic stuff. But you definitely, you know, start thinking about that stuff. Uh, I, um, you know, I'm going to be moving into a house here pretty soon, and uh, I mean, the guy that grows grass. You know, at the golf course, I ought to have a pretty damn good lawn. They always so, say the superintendent has the worst yard on the yeah, lawn. Yeah, my dad's a mechanic. His, why did his brakes squeak <laughs> on his car and yeah. everyone else's were fine? You know, you yep. just never get around to it. Or I spend all day on the golf course working on a big ass yard. The last thing I wanted to come home and go out into my yard and continue working. But take a little pride. It'll use, you know, it's a nice little, I use it as a little therapy session, kind of get away, go out there mm-hmm. by yourself. Maybe pop on a podcast, listen to it, and take care of your yard an uh, hour or two later. And you put that little bit of time in, and you never have to call someone you know in to kind of catch you back up and trim all your plants. And now they're out there putting out these products that you'll end up overpaying for everything. Uh, there's plenty of things that you can Google. Well, like I said, we're going we're gonna to keep this going here yep. and kind of help you guys along. 
out there with things that you can do for your yard and keep that thing looking good. And I just thought for for the non-Arizona re- residents, more so <clears throat> Midwestern and Northern states that are just starting, winter is finishing. Now is a good time to get out and get your lawn aerified. Don't go out and let me advise you against going to rent an aerifier at a Home Depot for forty dollars an hour and going and trying to do it yourself. Yeah, because I got to tell you what. My father-in-law tried to do that <laughs> about a week before we were going to Mexico for me to get married. Yeah. And so he's having my mother-in-law, they're in their 60s at the time, <clears throat> help them. He's like, hey, Donna, come help me pull this air fire off. What happens? He's probably got, you know, you've seen the video with like two two-by-fours off and they're going to yeah. wheel it down. Uh, it falls off. My oh. mother-in-law goes down. She's got a bruise on her thigh from my wedding the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> All the air fire in the lawn probably saved 20 bucks. Yeah. Good tip is either one, get a Groupon because you can probably get for 50 bucks. You can get some guy, a professional who knows what they're doing. is going to do it in half an hour to come out and do it. Save you from going to Home Depot, loading up the air fire, getting a bruise the size of Volkswagen. Also, if you don't want to do a Groupon, go find five or six neighbors. See if they want to do it and then call up a landscaper and say, I've got my block. I got six people. Come airify my yard. It's going to be good for dethatch, removing of thatch on your yard. It's a great time to do it, and then follow that with probably a fertilizer application yep. of something like a anything a five 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 or a ten 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 yep. or fifteen fifteen anything with the same number and the NPNK probably a good starter. Yeah, and uh, for and all another, of you that with those, you number- can actually probably do a weed and feed too. Something with the pre-emergent already built into it, so you yep. can knock out summer annuals. And that'll it'll probably get you a good, good start in your lawn, especially right now. Yeah. Uh, why don't you, uh, well, I, I can do it as well as uh, just give you a little idea. Those numbers on that bag, when we talk about those numbers of 555, is in the 10, 10, 10s, a 21, 7, 14. That's just the uh, percentage of nitrogen, uh, phosphorus is the P, and K is potassium. Those are the nutrients that are inside that bag. And it's a percentage of how much, how much the percentage is of the product or the nutrient is inside that typically a 50 pound bag of fertilizer uh, so and it, when you're kind of wondering what to put out there um, an easy way that I learned when I was real real young landscaping back in the day is those numbers can be you know night NPK I always kind of equated it to is up down and out the nitrogen is gonna get it to grow up the potassium, uh, sorry, the phosphorus is going to feed the roots and get it to go down. The roots go, go down into the uh, soil, and the potassium helps it kind of tiller or spread. So an up, down, out. So those what those numbers mean on there when you kind of you go into the Home Depot and that guy probably has fair knowledge, but he's trying to give you an idea so you buy the right stuff. You can probably find there. a local guy. It's probably like a local site one or Ewing. A yep. commercial type thing and go in those guys are going to have a little more knowledge than yep. than your typical home depot guy and and just say this is what i'm looking to do and they'll probably hook you up with a, a, a good product product that's going to work yeah and uh you know just for sure and uh it's time to start ripping out those little you know flowers that you put out in your front yard those aren't going to last long so start changing those things out uh give your give your trees you should have had them already trimmed uh, thin them out out here anyways in the wintertime back east or in the midwest uh, now's a good time to start thinning those things out um, but there's a lot to do and we'll keep you guys posted on things that you can take Just care keep, of at your house. keep the questions coming any any questions you guys have happy to answer them on <clears throat> on the podcast or if we can on twitter or instagram we'll, we'll try to respond as much as we can yeah uh another thing um 
back to the sports thing. So it was uh, announced. I think it's pretty well done by the time we uh, are talking about this, uh, but it was a couple hours ago. Uh, Gronk, are you fucking Your kidding boy. me? I know. It's my boy. It's I, fine. I wanted to sit down. I didn't. I know we were kind of texting about it earlier, and I was going to keep talking to you about it, but I wanted to see you face-to-face on how do you feel about it. It's like, is there a part of you? It's like the band's getting back together. It's kind of fun to watch. As long as they're not playing the Patriots, I'm going to cheer for them. And it's like, f- fuck off, dude. Uh, right <clears throat> now, being as early as it is, uh, Tom, thank you. Thank you for everybody. Or Tom oh. and Gronk, thank you for sticking around and being a Patriot. Yada, yada, yada. I want to watch him go. I'm for for of, you, those, those of you that don't know, Matt is a New Englander. Yeah, Mass I'm a New Englander. You big time. Yes, I am. If you look up Masshole in the dictionary, I am definitely right there. Um, but Gronk, I'm kind of disappointed in the fact that um, this is what's causing you to come back. This is what you're coming back for. I thought you were done with football and you're going to grow your brand, your brand into bigger things. I'm definitely, I don't care about that. But now all of a sudden, you know, is maybe Belichick is a cocksucker. Well, and these guys don't like playing for I mean, it. I guess we're going to find out now, but and it doesn't remove six championships. Another thing that, uh, that would probably frustrate me, frustrate me if I was a New England fan is the fact that you would have been that much better last season with Gronk. Oh, There's absolutely. no doubt about it. He yeah. only, what do you have, one target? Yeah. Julian Edelman, and then the rest were kind of puds. Yeah. Now and, uh, the Bucks have Gronk. And Antonio plays, Brown. And Antonio Brown. And Antonio is Gronk Brown. Gronk going to pull? I guess I don't understand. Is he actually going to? Has he committed to playing? Or is, yeah, from what or I did, understand. Or they, is Bill the mad genius and just decided a guy to trade a player that he doesn't even have for a fourth round pick? He just picked up a pick. Yeah, for a guy he didn't even have. Oh, That's pretty genius. In Bill we trust. In Who's Bill we trust. I'm just kind of bent a little bit that it's. So he's coming back after he said he was done. So and, you are. You're not like excited to see Tom and Gronk. No, I'm a fucking Pats fan. No, I I do not understand. I can sit and look at the sidelines. I can look at the side from the sidelines and be like, "Hey, look at Tom, awesome." But do I care if he wins? If he if he loses every single game, I care less at this point. Okay, you know it's yeah yeah. I'm a Pats fan. It's that's the only thing I don't understand how people have. Oh, you know, a lot of people transplants. They move out here from Arizona to Arizona from wherever they came from. You know, we both moved out here from different places, and people say to me, I've been here 20 years, you're not a Cardinals fan? You're not a D-backs fan? No, I'm a fucking Sox fan, I'm yeah. a Pats fan, I'm a Bruins fan, I'm Boston College, you know, I right. am everything back there. Hell, Connecticut Huskies women's basketball, favorite women's basketball team. It's just in, I guess, in our blood that that's, I'm the that's same where you Chicago stick to, sports, you know? Like, um, I haven't switched to Arizona. Now... In the same breath, I want to see Arizona sports, sports succeed because it's just more fun to be here. Oh, when absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I want to see the Coyotes do good because I want to go to playoff games. Right. Yeah. And because I want to go see the Bruins play buzz playoff games around and I can't city. get on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. There's more buzz around the city. When the Cardinals are playing well, it, it just feels different. When the Suns are good, which yep. has been a long time. <laughs> yes, it has been a long time. But, and they were playing pretty damn well, too. Yeah. yeah. It's um, just they're at least competitive. Yeah. yeah so that'll be. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that all goes, if there even is football. But anyway, 
Um, you know what I think we'll do is we're going to wrap up here. Um, thanks for joining us here uh, from the Jingweeds on episode number two. I uh, hope we are entertaining you enough, entertaining enough for you to uh, stick around after episode one. We've gotten some really good feedback. Uh, like we've said before, we're going to get better at this. And uh, that's going to be the last time I say we're going to get better at this because it's just going to happen. We and you're going to have to deal with it. dialed, buddy. Yeah, we're you dialed. We're going to get this thing rolling. It's going to be awesome. It is? Yep. As Dave Portnoy said, to the moon, motherfuckers, <laughs> to the moon, brick by brick. Not Just not going to steal any of his shit. But uh, so anyways, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. And uh, have a good evening. We'll talk to you next week from the Jingweeds. Absolutely. And if anybody out there has any feedback, anything, please send us any message. You got our email from the Jingweeds at gmail.com. Uh, catch us on Instagram at from underscore the underscore Jingweeds. And uh, on Twitter at FJingweeds. Uh, feel free to, to slide right into our DMs. We'll talk turf. We'll talk sports. We'll talk anything you got. Um, but, yeah, definitely the more feedback we can get, the better, the more we can grow. Uh, anything you guys want us to talk about, please let us know because we're just we're just kind of firing the, from the hip right now. I, I think we got a good thing going. But uh, the more we can branch out, the more we can uh, – talk to you guys directly the better off we're going to be the better we're going to get so uh, appreciate any feedback you got um again thanks to andy my little brother for producing i uh, couldn't do it without you buddy and uh we'll see everybody soon thank thank you later love you mom and dad <laughs>